the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. The following broadcast is brought to you by Sons of God International and Freedom Fellowship Church. Hello, and welcome to the prophetic voice of our time, where we focus on the voice of prophecy, which is the testimony of Jesus Christ. Our host, Christina Sasso, is a senior pastor at Freedom Fellowship Church. Let's hear what she has to say to the body of Christ. Thank you for tuning in. You're listening to the prophetic voice of our time. I'm Joshua Sasso, and I'm going to be filling in for Pastor Chris for the next two weeks. So for the past couple weeks, we've been talking about listening to the Holy Spirit and being led by him, allowing him to lead us in the way that we go. And like we've been saying, if you've missed any of our broadcasts, you can catch them online at www.sogmi.org. Again, that's www.sogmi.org. We have a section for media, and in the media section, you can listen to previous broadcasts of the prophetic voice of our time. So if you've missed a couple episodes or if you want to get caught up, check it out. You can listen to them anytime you want. So this week, we're going to be talking about the promised land. And by the promised land, I mean, what is it that God has been telling you that he wants to give you? Or what is it that he's promised you that he says that he wants to give you and that he wants to manifest in your life? Because if we look at the story of the Bible, the Israelites, they were in captivity with the Egyptians. The Egyptians were using them as slaves and the Israelites were suffering. If we look at Exodus chapter 3 verse 7, the Lord said to Moses, I have seen the misery of my people in Egypt. I have heard them crying out because of their slave drivers, and I am concerned about their suffering. So I have come down to rescue them from the hand of the Egyptians and to bring them up out of that land and into a good and spacious land, a land flowing with milk and honey. The home of the Canaanites, Hittites, Amorites, Perizzites, Hivites, Jebusites, and now the cry of the Israelites has reached me. I have seen the way the Egyptians are oppressing them. So now, go, I am sending you to Pharaoh to bring my people, the Israelites, out of Egypt. So what's happening here? God says that he's seeing that his people are being oppressed. He's seeing them in captivity, and he's saying, I'm going to provide a way out, and I'm going to bring you to a land flowing with milk and honey. And the milk and honey, what is that symbolic of? It's fertile. There's many blessings. Abundance. So he's bringing them to a place where there will be abundance, where they will lack nothing. So we know the story. So God sends many plagues. He parts the Red Sea, and he leads the Israelites out of Egypt. And then after they leave Egypt, Moses leads the Israelites from Egypt through the wilderness to bring them to the land of Canaan. So in Numbers 13, what happens is that Moses sends out spies to look and survey the land, see what all's out there, and report back to him. So the spies were sent out into the promised land to make a report. So in Numbers chapter 13, verse 26, So the spies returned to Moses and Aaron and the whole community of Israel at Kadesh in the desert of Paran. There they reported to them and to the whole assembly and showed them the fruit of the land. They gave to Moses this account. We went into the land to which you sent us. 
and it does flow with milk and honey. Here is its fruit. And so they had picked some fruit, and they were showing it to Moses. But the people who live there are powerful, and the cities are fortified and very large. We even saw the descendants of Anak there. The Amalekites live in the Negev. The Hittites, Jebusites, and Amorites live in the hill country. And the Canaanites live near the sea along the Jordan. So what's happening here? They're starting to become fearful because they're seeing that the people there are very mighty. They're starting to wonder, I don't know if we can do this. I mean, their cities are fortified. Their people are powerful. How are we going to get through all these things? Then in verse 30, Caleb silenced the people before Moses and said, We should go up and take possession of the land, for we can certainly do it. So see, Caleb remembered the promise of the Lord. He remembered that God said that he was going to give them the land. And so he was trying to remind them, guys, we can do this. He wasn't thinking about the obstacles that were in the way. Verse 31, but the men who had gone up with him said, we can't attack those people. They are stronger than we are. And they spread among the Israelites a bad report about the land they had explored. They said, the land we explored devours those living in it. All the people we saw there are of great size. We saw the Nephilim there. We seem like grasshoppers in our own eyes, and we look the same to them. So not only are the people powerful, not only are their cities fortified, but there are giants in the land that tower over them. So that night, all the members of the community raised their voices and wept aloud. All the Israelites grumbled against Moses and Aaron, and the whole assembly said to them, If only we had died in Egypt or in this wilderness, why is the Lord bringing us to this land only to let us fall by the sword? Our wives and our children will be taken as plunder. Wouldn't it be better for us to go back to Egypt? And they said to each other, We should choose a leader and go back to Egypt. See, so from this already, they're starting to conspire against Moses and against the Lord because they're afraid of what they see. Verse 5, Then Moses and Aaron fell face down in front of the whole Israelite assembly gathered there. Joshua, son of Nun, and Caleb, son of Jephunneh, who were among those who had explored the land, tore their clothes and said to the entire Israelite assembly, The land we passed through and explored is exceedingly good. If the Lord is pleased with us, he will lead us into that land, a land flowing with milk and honey, and will give it to us. Only do not rebel against the Lord, and do not be afraid of the people of the land, because we will devour them. Their protection is gone, but the Lord is with us. Do not be afraid of them. So see, Joshua and Caleb, they're remembering the heart of the Lord. God's the one who sent them on this journey, and God's the one who is supporting them. So if God sent them there, then they're saying, guys, he sent us here to take that land. And because of that, we know for sure that we can take it because we have God on our side. But the whole assembly talked about stoning them. Then the glory of the Lord appeared at the tent of meeting to all the Israelites. If we move down to verse 26, so this is Numbers 14, verse 26. The Lord said to Moses and Aaron, How long will this wicked community grumble against me? I have heard the complaints of these grumbling Israelites. So tell them, As surely as I live, declares the Lord, I will do to you the very thing I heard you say. In this wilderness your bodies will fall. Every one of you, twenty years old or more, who has counted in the census and has grumbled against me, not one of you will enter the land I swore with uplifted hand to make your home, except Caleb, son of Jephunneh, and Joshua, son of Nun. As for your children, 
that you said would be taken as plunder, I will bring them in to enjoy the land you have rejected. But as for you, your bodies will fall in this wilderness. Your children will be shepherds here for forty years, suffering for your faithfulness, until the last of your bodies lie in the wilderness. For forty years, one year for each of the forty days you explored the land, you will suffer for your sins and know what it is like to have me against you. I, the Lord, have spoken, and will surely do these things to this whole wicked community, which has banded together against me. They will meet their end in this wilderness. Here they will die. So let's take a step back and analyze this for a little bit. When the Israelites saw the land, they focused on what? They didn't focus on the blessings. They didn't focus on how fertile the land was. They focused on the obstacles, the things that were keeping them from getting there. What did they say? They said, yes, the land is good, but there are giants and their cities are fortified. They forgot that the Lord was with them. If they had focused on God and the fact that he was faithful, then they would have taken the land and their manifestation wouldn't have been delayed for 40 years. You see, we delay our own manifestation with our disobedience and with our unbelief. Whenever God says that he wants to give us something or manifest something in our lives, do you think he's going to only lead us part of the way and then abandon us? Do you think God would go through all the trouble of leading the Israelites out of Egypt and through the wilderness only to abandon them once they got there, once they were at the door to Canaan? It's the same for us. God isn't going to tell us to do something unless he intends to provide a way for us. Why? We know that God is all-loving and he's all-powerful. That means that if God says he's going to do something, that means he's willing to do it. And the fact that he's all-powerful means that he is able to accomplish it at the same time. So we need to stop focusing on the obstacles that lay before us, any roadblocks that we may be running to. But instead, we need to focus on the goodness of God. So we need to think about what is it that God is promising us? You see, because a lot of times it's very easy to get into this mindset when God tells us to do something that's out of our comfort zone. We start thinking, oh, I can't afford that. I don't have the finances. I don't have the education. I don't have the knowledge. I don't have the talent. I don't have the resources. But instead of focusing on those things, we should focus on the promise of God and the faithfulness of God. You see, because when we start to focus on God instead of the obstacles before us, that's when God starts to do miracles and starts to pave the way for us. And that's when we start seeing things work supernaturally. In other stories of the Bible, we see when God worked miraculously and when God showed himself strong through his servants, they were focused on God. They were focused on what God told them to do. For example, many of us have heard the story of David and Goliath. In the story, Goliath is a giant. He comes out and he challenges the Israelite army. And he says, send out your best fighter to fight me. We will fight man to man and whoever wins that battle will win the battle for their army. And this was against the Philistines. But the thing is, is that the Israelites saw Goliath and were very intimidated by him. So he came out for days and days, insulting the Israelites, insulting God, saying curses against them while they hid in their tents. So when David heard what Goliath was saying, he began to be filled with this righteous indignation. 
where he was thinking to himself, how dare this uncircumcised Philistine say these things against Israel and say these things against our God? And so he said, I'm going to fight him. And if you look at what David says to Goliath, you can see the state of mind that he is in. In 1 Samuel 17, starting at verse 42, it says that Goliath looked David over and saw that he was little more than a boy, glowing with health and handsome, and he despised him. He said to David, Am I a dog that you come at me with sticks? And the Philistine cursed David by his gods. Come here, he said, and I will give your flesh to the birds and the wild animals. But listen to David's response. David said to the Philistine, You come against me with sword and spear and javelin, but I come against you in the name of the Lord Almighty, the God of the armies of Israel, whom you have defied. This day the Lord will deliver you into my hands, and I'll strike you down and cut off your head. This very day I will give the carcasses of the Philistine army to the birds and the wild animals, and the whole world will know that there is a God in Israel. All those gathered here will know that it is not by sword or spear that the Lord saves, for the battle is the Lord's, and he will give all of you into our hands. You see the mindset that David's in? David didn't look at the giant that stood before him. He looked at God and the fact that God was standing with him. And the thing is, is that the Israelites were told by God that he was going to give them this land. David wasn't even told by God, hey, I'm going to help you defeat this giant. David just saw that the giant stood against Israel and stood against God. And he said, God will not stand for this, so I'm not going to stand for it either. And so when he stood before Goliath, he knew that God was on his side. And you see, that's where we get our confidence from. When we put our trust in God, when we look to him, that's where we get the confidence to face the giants that stand before us. Because we know that it doesn't matter what may stand in our way, it doesn't matter what obstacles may come before us, what roadblocks, because God has the power, God has the ability, and God is willing to push us through it. For if God is with us, then who can stand against us? And this is the mindset that we need to have when we're being led into the promised land that God is taking us to. And this is how the transfer of wealth is going to come about. This is how the transfer of influence and affluence is going to come about. This is how the manifestations that we've been waiting for are going to come about by putting our trust in God and not focusing on the obstacles. So the Israelites wandered in the wilderness for 40 years because they doubted God and because they weren't willing to put their trust in him. So when the time finally came for them to be going to the promised land, when the 40 years were over, Moses had died, and now Joshua was made leader of Israel. So right after Joshua was made leader of Israel, Joshua said, it's time, we're going to go and take Canaan, because it's the land that God has promised us. And I want you to look at the difference in the attitude between these two generations. So the previous generation, they doubted God. They began to rebel against Moses, and they began to rebel against God. But listen to what the new generation, what they say to Joshua. So Joshua said, it's time. We're going to take the land of Canaan, the promised land that God has given us. So in Joshua 1, verses 16 through 18, Then they answered Joshua, Whatever you have commanded us, we will do. 
and wherever you send us, we will go. Just as we fully obeyed Moses, so we will fully obey you. Only may the Lord your God be with you as he was with Moses. Whoever rebels against your word and does not obey it, whatever you may command them, will be put to death. Only be strong and be courageous. So the difference between these generations is that now this generation saw the mistakes of their ancestors, of their fathers, and they said, whatever you tell us to do, we're going to do it. We're not going to be afraid, but we're going to go forth and do it. And that's the attitude that we need to have when God sends us somewhere. When he says, I need you to go here, God, I will go wherever you need me to go. When he says, I need you to do this, God, I will do whatever you need me to do. And because we're going where God sends us, he's going to prepare the way for us. So Joshua sent spies to survey the land like previously. And he said, look out over the land, especially Jericho. So when they arrived in Jericho, the king of Jericho found out and he began to search for them. So a prostitute by the name of Rahab hid them. And I want you to hear what she says to them as to why she hid them. So she took them and she hid them on the roof. So in Joshua 2, verses 8 through 11, before the spies laid down for the night, she went up to the roof and said to them, I know that the Lord has given you this land and that a great fear of you has fallen on us so that all who live in this country are melting in fear because of you. We have heard how the Lord dried up the water of the Red Sea for you when you came out of Egypt and what you did to Sihon and Og, the two kings of the Amorites east of Jordan, whom you completely destroyed. When we heard of it, our hearts melted in fear and everyone's courage failed because of you. For the Lord your God is God in heaven above and on earth below. Now then, swear to me by the Lord that you will show kindness to my family because I have shown kindness to you. Give me a sure sign that you will spare the lives of my father and mother, my brothers and sisters, and all who belong to them, and that you will save us from death. You see, before they even arrived at the land, God was already doing his work. He was already preparing the way. The people of Jericho were terrified of the Israelites, and the Israelites hadn't even done anything yet. But Rahab knew because God revealed himself, and that's why they became afraid. That's why they became uncertain, because they knew that the lamb was going to be taken from them because it was being given to someone else. And see, when we listen to the word of the Lord, when we listen to what God tells us to do, he prepares the way for us where we don't even have to do the work. The people of Jericho were already afraid of the Israelites, and they hadn't even done anything. And so we know the story of Jericho. So God tells Joshua in chapter 6, he says, See, I have delivered Jericho into your hands. And to give you a little context, Jericho was a fortified city, like one of the ones that the spies previously had seen. So it had large walls surrounding the city, and it had a gate that was barred very tightly because they knew the Israelites were coming. But in chapter 6, God says to Joshua, See, I have delivered Jericho into your hands, along with its king and its fighting men. March around the city once with all the armed men. Do this for six days. Have seven priests carry trumpets of ram's horns in front of the ark. On the seventh day, march around the city seven times with priests blowing trumpets. When you hear them, sound a long blast on the trumpets. Have the whole army give a loud shout. Then the wall of the city will collapse, and the army will go up, everyone straight in. So what God was telling them, in order to take the city, walk around the wall once for six days, and then on the seventh day, walk around it seven times, blow your horns, and shout. 
and that's how they're supposed to conquer that city. It doesn't really make a whole lot of sense. But the thing is, is that because they were willing to listen to the word of the Lord, what happens? They did exactly what the Lord instructed, and the walls came tumbling down. The walls shattered right before their eyes. And so they didn't have to lose any troops. They didn't have to work hard. There was no bloodshed. The Lord literally handed them the city. And all they had to do was listen. And that's the kind of thing that God is going to do when he's manifesting the businesses, the finances, the influence, the affluence, the things that he's promised us. He'll give us instructions, and they may seem simple. Some of them may seem absurd. Some of them may not make sense to our mind. But when we start to act on them, that's when God will start to work miracles. So we need to stop worrying about the obstacles. We need to stop worrying about the problems that are arising because God has our backs. God is with us, and if he is with us, then who can be against us? So I urge you, whatever obstacles are standing in your way, whatever problems may be arising, stay focused on God. Stay focused on the promise that God has given you. And if you hold true to that, if you hold true to the instructions that he's given you, that's where your manifestation will come through. That's when breakthrough will come. So before we go, I would urge you to make a commitment to focus on God, to focus on the promise that he's given you, not to look at the situation, not to look at the circumstances or the obstacles, but allow God to be our focus. And if you want to make that commitment, I invite you just to join in with me and accept this yourselves along with me. So dear Heavenly Father, we commit that we will focus on you, Lord, that we will not lose sight of your goodness, that we will not lose sight of your faithfulness. We choose, Lord, to no longer focus on our situation, on the obstacles that lay before us, to no longer allow our own thoughts, our own preconceived ideas to dictate our actions, but we commit, Lord, that we will follow you, that when you tell us to go somewhere, that we will go, that when you tell us to do something, that we will do it, because we want to see your kingdom made manifest, Lord. We want to see your glory fill this earth, Lord. And I thank you, God, as these listeners, Lord, as they commit to follow you, to obey the commands that you give them, Lord that you will begin to open their eyes to the spiritual things, Lord, that you will begin to open the doors of opportunity, that the blessings, Lord, will come and follow them, Lord. I also speak forth healing, Lord, into the lives of these listeners, God, healing of finances, healing of relationships, of family members, Lord. I thank you, God, for giving them wisdom, Lord. I come against physical deformities. I come against illnesses, Lord, in Jesus' name. But I speak forth life. I thank you, Lord, that you are working in the hearts of these listeners, Lord. That you are drawing them nearer to you, Lord. Drawing them closer to you. And I thank you, God, that they will begin to experience you, God, in a way that they have never experienced before. I thank you, Lord, for all of these things, Lord. In Jesus' name, amen. God is doing great things, brothers and sisters. He's leading us down a path that we've never been before. So we can't continue to go about the way that we've always done things. We can't get caught in this routine where we think God's just going to swoop in and change everything magically. We have to take hold of the promises that he's given us and we have to seek him out and we have to seek out the instructions he's giving us. 
So I encourage each of you, let's seek after God. Let's focus on God. Let's give it our all. Let's give him everything that we have. And if we start to do that, then I believe that miracles are going to start happening, that manifestations are going to come in, the likes of which we've never seen before. I'm about to run out of time, so thank you so much for tuning in. If you were touched by this broadcast, if you have a testimony to share, be sure to give us a call. We love to hear from our listeners. It's always very encouraging to hear whether this broadcast is making a difference, what kind of people we're reaching out to. So if you want to give us a call, call us at 210-396-7891. Again, that's 210-396-7891. And again, like I said before, if you've missed any of our previous broadcasts, or even if you just want to learn about this ministry. You can visit our website to find that information to listen to broadcasts, read newsletters, learn about Pastor Chris and Pastor Mike. So our website is www.sogmi.org. That's www.sogmi.org. And you can visit that anytime you want to learn about this ministry or listen to previous broadcasts. Well, I'm about out of time for today. Thank you so much for tuning in. Until next time, God bless you. Thank you for listening. We all hope you were blessed by this message today. If you were, let us hear from you. If you wish to contact us or sow a seed, our phone number is 210-396-7891. And for Saturday's program, call us at 210-695-1630. Send all emails to sonsofgod at satx.rr.com. And all letters to P.O. Box 1579, Lotus, Texas 78023. For more info, including service times and upcoming events, find us at www.sogmi.org. That's www.sogmi.org. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never before seen personal records of the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.